I'm Tony Tardio. Hello and welcome to Darren Hinch's That's Life podcast. A podcast where we talk about the big stories of the past, the big stories of today, through the prism of Hinch's six decades in the media. In this episode, Americans will go to the polls in November, a vote to be held in the middle of the deadly COVID-19 pandemic. Will they re-elect Donald Trump or will 77-year-old Joe Biden become the 46th US president? Mr Hinch, welcome to That's Life yet again. Mr Tardio, this is a topic we probably shouldn't talk about because I am an ignoramus. Uh, even though I've covered US American elections since 1966, I think it was. But I have to, I was thinking, when I know you're going to record this and I remember thinking, I'm no good at this because in 2016, when Donald Trump was elected, as President of the United States. Uh, I was talking to Jackie Weaver, my ex-wife, many times. And I kept telling her, don't worry, Trump won't get pre-selection. Don't worry, Trump won't get the nomination. Don't worry, Trump won't get elected. And on election day, I'm, I remember I was in Canberra as a senator and I'm uh, sitting there and I'm saying to her, Jackie, don't, don't cry. Um, look, I know the Florida numbers look bad, but once the Cuban and black votes come in, um, he will lose Florida. I was wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong every minute of that year. Well, you weren't the only one because there was a lot of people who were saying exactly what you were saying. I think it just shows how remarkable his win was. From the time he came down that elevator that mm. uh, escalator trump tower, trump yeah. tower and announced he's uh, run, running for the presidency until he actually made that speech with his son and uh, melania by his side and the vice president with him there too when he claimed uh, victory who would have be- who would have thunk it as they say as you say and they say in the united states why do you think he did um he tapped a nerve of the so-called Washington Swamp, you know. He, I, I saw just the other day somebody saying, I voted for him because he was a non-politician. I mean, he wasn't even a very good businessman. He's been broke so many times. But uh, it, it became a game show. And, uh, and he won. We, we forgot, and I forgot as a journo, um, just how unpopular Hillary Clinton was. She was not. She was not liked by Americans. And um, when she um, made that speech, and she called Trump supporters the deplorables. The deplorables. Now that is telling half of almost half of America, because you got three more, three million more votes than he did, popular votes. When you're telling 40, 50 million Americans that you are deplorable, that ain't good politics. It's not smart. No, it's, and that it's was not smart. Arrogant and superior and elitist, and that's what did her in. The thing is, here's this guy who claims to have a net worth of $8 billion. He lives in this shiny tower, you know, pointing up to the sky in Manhattan. The Americans who support him don't have anything like the lifestyle no. he has. No. 
Yet they, 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 they quote poor white trash. Yeah, yet they voted for him. Not only that, but we're now four years beyond that, and they've largely stuck with him. Yes, that's true. I, I, look, as I started out, I'm going to be very be a bit careful here because of, of how wrong we were the last time. I think Joe Biden will win. Uh, I think that um, Trump has lost the, quote, white suburban housewives that supported him heavily in 2016. Now, what made him lose those people, do you think? I think, uh, I think COVID-19. I think that he's, uh, his behaviour during this, this pandemic has been atrocious. His, uh, his behaviour has just been dreadful. The way he, First of all, he denied it. Then he said, there's only 50, There's only one case. Then there's 15 cases and we're over it. Well, then it's all going to go away. Yeah, it's going to go away. Then you're going to put sort of stuff in your body. You know, what was the yeah. stuff oh, he was talking about? The, the, the AH, HQC, whatever Some it was. Some sort of chemical oh, stuff. Oh, first of all, he said about putting bleach, <laughs> bleach in your body. I, um, I think he handled this worse than any crisis... I've ever heard. I mean, you had uh, Obama had Ebola during his time as president, and he handled it well. Um, I think Trump has just handled this dreadfully, and and I think that that will hurt him in, when the election comes but, around. But what's still remarkable is, and I agree with everything that you've said, that people still can't write him off. No, e- even though. We can see the cases in America are increasing by well, thousands look, 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 every day. Tony, in recent weeks, in recent weeks, we've seen stories printed in America of Donald Trump being accused of calling prisoners of war and American soldiers who died serving their country, calling them losers, losers. Losers and suckers. And suckers, yeah. Why would you go and fight a war? What, what's in it for you? People who died for their country yeah, he in wars decided by other people who then sacrificed their lives. Can you imagine uh, what the families feel like? Well, he called, he called John McCain, who was a revered American, did five years in a Hanoi prisoner of war camp, he called him a loser. I remember back in 2015 or 16, he suddenly said, you know, I prefer soldiers who don't get captured. <laughs> and you think, these people died. McCain lost the use of one arm because of, of what he went through. You know? um, and the story now has been, has been um, authenticated by about two or three different sources. And you think, I, I mean, having lived in America for 11, 12 years, to denigrate diggers, their equivalent of diggers, to denigrate veterans, you'd think would be the end of you. But he once said, I could shoot somebody dead on Fifth Avenue and it wouldn't affect my supporters. Well, during the campaign, only weeks from the election in 2016, uh, this video emerged of him talking about women yeah. in a very derogatory way. And grabbing pussies. Yeah. That's right. I've forgotten the exact terminology that he used, but I remember the word pussy was used. Yet people still voted for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, I remember saying to Jackie, that's the end of him. That tape that's now out is, is the end of him. I mean, people don't understand in Australia that that word pussy is, is worse than the F word in America. The Daily News didn't even run it. They ran a P and then cat's faces and a Y. Um, 
Barack Obama wouldn't use it in an interview that he did because it's regarded as the most obscene word in America. I don't know why, but a friend of mine, an employee of mine, his girlfriend was American, and uh, and he was there at Christmas with her, and she had to say to him, "Hey, can you can you use the word kitty kitty kitty?" Because suddenly saying, here, pussy, 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 offends my mum and dad. <laughs> so that's how bad it was. And that he used it and boasted about that I am I'm such a person that I can grab a woman by the pussy whenever I want to and get away with it. doesn't hurt me. I hit, I hit me up, you'll never survive this. And he did. Well, that's the other thing. He's, he's moved the boundary so much that there's not much he can't say anymore or, or, or even if he says something like he said shoot people down uh, that people there will be people who will not believe that he did it or that he did it on purpose or that he actually killed anybody I mean, you've got him now against joe biden uh and biden's not the strongest candidate i'll grant that well he's 77 years old yeah, now. and he, there's a terrible thing recently which will hurt his campaign he was about to be interviewed by an American uh, broadcaster on television and she crossed to him and he'd fallen asleep. <laughs> and she said, hello, hello, vice president. And he was sound asleep. Now, I thought if I was Trump, I'd be running that as an ad. Well, that's, How that's could this he... man be asleep? Now, I'll, I'll admit I fell asleep on the first day I was in parliament. <laughs> I'll admit that. I did. Now, but, now, now, let's just quickly talk about that. when you fell asleep in the parliament. What happened there? You, you, you were filmed asleep and you well, did actually fall was, asleep. The only reason I was filmed was because I had been responsible for removing the restrictions on filming in the Senate. I, I, I got it through. I got it through the Senate that we should be allowed to film anything in the Senate at the time, and a lower house person, because they we all sit together during those the Governor General speech, he jammed me with his elbow, but one second too late. Of the photo, <laughs> photograph had already been taken, um, but in, 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 it was the only time I did fall asleep in three years. But it got out there. The point I make is that why wouldn't you fall asleep? You've got a Governor General there, making a speech, droning on, because a speech he didn't write, right? He's sitting there giving a speech he did not write in a voice of a monotone, because if he shows any inflection, it might show approval or disapproval of what he's saying, and it's like 40 minutes of bullshit, and... Well, and I dozed off. Well, well, let's go back to Trump then. Because, no, go back to Trump and Biden. Trump, I mean, Trump is not like that. No, that's, that's Trump, the thing. You, you would believe Trump. Trump is only five years younger than Biden, but it doesn't seem his age. Well, when he appears in front of people in these mass rallies mm. that he has, he doesn't have notes. And he just talks. It's like whatever comes into his head comes out of his mouth. Obviously, he's got some idea of what he wants to say and where he wants to go. But he communicates in a totally different way than the Governor-General of Australia does when, he's, when he does a speech That's right. to oh, look, Trump, He captures people. He's, he's a great communicator. I'll give him that. I mean, he did his, 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 his The Apprentice. I mean, he's a, he's a TV show host. And he, he gives speeches like that. And he gets up there, and, and that's what got him across the line in 2016. Um, I'm, I mean, I, if I were an American, I'd vote for Biden. Um, 
I think Trump is dangerous. I think his attitude towards what he, the way he faltered over the COVID nineteen crisis, was terrible. Um, when he, but you you wouldn't believe he's only. I mean, he's in his seventies too. I'm in my seventies. He's in his seventies, and he doesn't look. He looks much younger than Biden. I think it's a joke to watch Joe Biden. I, I actually like Biden, um, what he's been through. Um, Biden jogs on stage to make his speeches, which I, I tweeted the other day. It looks stupid. I mean, here's a 77-year-old man jogging Trying to be like Tony Barber coming out to do Sail <laughs> of the is. Tony Barber coming out to do Sail of the Century. And it, it doesn't look right to me. Um, he, he will be the oldest president, I think, ever elected, even older than, than Ronald Reagan. I think I've mentioned this once before to you. When Reagan was running against the Democrat, um, yeah, it was Walter Mondale. Walter Mondale, I think it was. And he yeah. suddenly said, I'm not going to raise the, the age issue because I don't want, don't want to accentuate or I don't want to bring into account the um, the inexperience he, he, of my young opponent. He, he turned it Turned right it around. totally around. I, I talk to people about Trump because I'm interested in what they think about him. and uh, And then I say... But you realise he doesn't tell the truth. I mean, a, a lot of things he says are lies. Mm. One of the newspapers in the United thousands, States kept a list of, of lies. They do a list of, of the 10, 12,000 lies he's told. And the thing people say back to me is, well, tell me a politician who doesn't lie. Well, I never so, did. So, so, well, next time I'm going to say Darren Hinch. <laughs> Well, I hope you do because I, I never did, and, and it probably cost me my seat. But I uh, so so the, the, the people have such a poor view of politicians. Yes, they do in Australia and the United States that they expect them to lie. So well, the well, fact well, that well, journalists and and politicians uh, come number last and second last, when people say one of the most admirable jobs or something, and it's easy journos and things. I remember once I, I might have told you this, but I was once we had a. A dinner group called the uh, Gang of Twelve or Gang of Thirteen or something like that, and uh, Wolf Barker, who ran Channel Ten at the time, put this group together, and you'd have twelve businessmen having dinner, and number thirteen was the invited guest. And uh, on this occasion, I was in—I wasn't a member of the club. I was the number thirteen, the invited guest, and they'd go to some very expensive Melbourne restaurant once a month or once every two months. And the night I'm the invited guest, we're there. And Billy Snedden was one of the, was one of the 12, the former leader of the opposition and former Speaker of the House. He became Sir Billy, didn't he? Sir Billy stage? Snedden, yes. And, uh, and he died on the job in Sydney, and, and it wasn't Pruactin, I hasten to add. Anyway, the, what happened was that the, the 12 members of the club got an hour to ask you, the guest, questions and then you got to ask every one of the 12 one question each as the guest. And I, this is years and years before I became a politician. And I said to Billy Snedden, my question to him was, why is it a prerequisite for a politician to be a liar? And Billy said, looked at me and he said, I have never told a lie in my whole time in Canberra. And I said, you just told another one. <laughs> <laughs> and he got up and walked out. 
and the dinner was cancelled. So, so the gang of twelve, whatever they call themselves, uh, the dinner was cancelled. Uh, well, that would have been before he died. Obviously, he died yeah. in eighty-seven. You you were pretty fiery back in those years too. Uh, yeah, Darren. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Joe Biden and the things he's been through, and knowing that we were going to talk about uh, the presidency and the race for the presidency, I I read about him last night. He has been through quite a few more than More than probably most people in the whole wide world. His wife, from memory, his wife and his daughter were killed in a car accident. Correct. Right? Um, when he was a young... He's been in politics for more than 40 years. But when he, he was, was young, the youngest... Uh, or the sixth youngest senator. He's yeah. been there since 1972. That's right. And what he would do, he lived, he lived way out of town. He'd take the train home every night not a com car, whatever they call him over there. He took a train home every night to be with his family. He was so family-oriented. His wife and his young daughter were killed in a car smash. And then Bo, his son, died of cancer. Uh, and ironically, Bo is a, a, deary, a very close friend of uh, Kamala Harris, the Biden's vice president, uh, presidential candidate. Um and so he, he suffered through that too, watching his son die. So he had a wife, a daughter, and a son, and he lived through all that. He was a vice president for eight years. He is certainly qualified to be president of the United States. Um, the fact that he's so old will go against him. He's also had health issues. In the late 80s, he had uh, surgery for a berryaneurysm, yeah. which is like a, a hemorrhage in the brain. Mm. Um, the other thing too, Darren, he's he's been voted or he's been labelled as one of the poorest senators in the U.S. House of Reps. His, his net worth is not much at all, no, you no, know, for yeah. a president. So, well, should that matter? Um, well, no, but uh, he says he's a bit embarrassed that he hasn't got much money. Is what is the quote I saw? Um, but he, I mean, that's the other thing. U.S. presidents normally are worth millions before yeah. they become president. They, they, they usually they usually take one dollar because you have to be paid, and they donate their salary to charity. Uh, John F. Kennedy did. I think Donald Trump does as well. Donates his money, even though he won't show the world his tax returns or forever, uh, which is the first president who's ever ever denied that. Um, yeah, most of them are quite well off, but tr Trump was never a great businessman. I mean, he made his money because his dad gave him money. You know, he's been nearly bankrupt six or seven times. He he's not the greatest businessman that he pretends to be. I'm, I'm told even the art of the deal, he didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. He supposedly had another student, he paid a student to take his um, university exam. I mean, the man is, the man is a shonk. Yes, he, he well, he, he appears to be, and he doesn't seem real either. You look at his skin. I mean, now, Darren, is that really the colour of his skin? Well, unless ever, ever he's born orange, uh, you're probably not. <laughs> and And the, 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 the hairdo, I'm told it takes two hours a day to, for him to get ready for, for the world. And that, that hairdo is, um, I mean, I'm lucky I got a head of hair, but it, it, it's so contrived. It's flicked forward and flicked back. There's a photo taken about six months ago as so getting on Air Force One, and it showed virtually a bald Donald Trump. 
which you'd never know now because it's all it's all blonde hair and, and magic. Well, I, I often wonder what he looks like when he wakes up in the morning. Not not that I fantasize. No, 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 no wonder Melania and him sleep in different rooms. I mean, you wouldn't want, want to wake up next to him. I, I well, well, what's in it for Melania? I, I mean, I saw the speech that she made at the uh, convention that they had recently. I thought she spoke. Yes, she did very she well. Did. Yes, she did. She's um. Well, there used to be an old joke about why America needed to keep encouraging migrants because there's some jobs that Americans wouldn't do, like marry Donald Trump. Um, when, when he dies, she'll have a great book. I mean, I, I, her, her new book about the uh, her art of a deal, whatever her title is called. Um, she, remember, for five months, she didn't move to Washington. She lived at Trump Towers and claimed that she was staying there because because the son, Baron, needed to go to school. It turns out she was renegotiating her prenup with Donald by saying, well, now you're the president. I mean, I, supposedly she cried on election night because he told her he would never be elected. There's no way. And suddenly she's first lady, which she didn't ever want to be. Um, but but he, um, she didn't move for five months to, to Washington until she did a deal so that Barron... Her son, he calls her her son, not their son, that their son, Baron, would get the same deal that Ivanka and Eric Jr. and, and, and Donald Jr. get. What so you, she's tough. I think she's, I think she's a tougher woman than people have given her credit for. Well, I think you're right, and you can see through the body language when they hold and don't hold hands and she pushes him away that there's a lot of things going on underneath the surface there that we don't know anything about. What do you, what do you think of what he's done uh, while he's been president? You know, he's meeting with Kim Jong-un, well, that, that didn't, all that, that sort of it didn't, stuff. It didn't, it didn't, okay, it was a great meeting, he made a lot of headlines, nothing happened. The North Koreans are still firing off bloody rockets. Well, it seems to have diffused the situation. A it bit, has a though. bit. Yes, that is true. And, and I'll give him credit. The um, the deactivation of Mideast tensions between Israel and and uh, and uh, Arab republics has been good. And you've got to give him and his and his staff credit for that one. Um, North, I mean, North Korea is not seen these days as a massive international problem. It's like a, a minor thing, and you've got to give Trump credit for that. Uh, but and, and the economy was going well, but of course, and I, I, you can't totally knock him because like in Australia, COVID-19 has buggered economies all over the world. So you can't pick on any president or any prime minister or any party and any country leader because COVID-19 has been... This pandemic that we, we we can't we can't control and can't understand. It it looked like there for uh, a while that Australia's relationship with the United States was was a bit precarious. You remember the, yeah, when, the when, phone when, call when Malcolm between, when Malcolm was prime minister. Did he ever yeah. talk to you about that? By the way, the phone no, he call. Didn't, he, uh, no, he, no, he didn't. He didn't. And ironically, if you look back at it, Turnbull held his ground on that, and the uh, we did get the American. The Obama deal to get American uh, to get to get refugees to America happened, uh, and now I don't know what the other deal was. I remember talking in Senate hearings about whether we, in exchange, took some uh, South American refugees in exchange. Um, but in the end, um, several hundred refugees have gone from Manus and Nauru 
to the United States. And even though Trump was so insulting to, uh, to Turnbull, um, it worked. It happened. Darren, we've seen in Australia uh, the way different states operate. And, and uh, you know, Australia's a young country, but there's already a difference between, say, being a Queenslander who produces somebody like a Pauline Hanson and Bob Catter and Victoria, where Daniel Andrews says Victoria is the most progressive state in Australia. When you look at the United States, now you know the US better than I do, you lived there for 10 years, um, how does that sort of stack up? You, you, you actually just put your finger on it. They're called the United States. We are not. We are a federation, a confederation of states. And states' rights are still very strong. I mean, the Prime Minister can say, open your borders, and uh, a Queensland Premier or a WA Premier can say, get stuffed, and won't. We are a, a confederation of states, um, whereas they are the United States. It is one country, and COVID-19 has proven probably more to us than anything else, that even though we've got this now, I think, a, a united United Cabinet, this new national cabinet, which I think is better than co-ed ever was, um, uh, COVID, uh, I think, not COVID, um, what, what was it called, the uh, Confederation of... Uh, Coag, was it? Coag, Coag, Coag. Yeah. Coag. Um, we, but we've proven in recent months that we are not. We are still a federation of states and premiers have rights. I mean, this part of me, and I shouldn't say this because I've got two elected members of uh, the upper house in Victoria with the Justice Party, but if you go back and check my comments from 10 years ago, I've been a, uh, a federalist for many years. I think that state governments really aren't necessary. Uh, the idea of having a uh, just one... I mean, Britain has... 70, 65, 70 million people, we have 25, they don't have state governments, they don't have provincial governments, New Zealand has only 5, 6 million people, they don't have provincial governments. Um, there is an argument to say that, there is an argument uh, to say boost local councils to make your roads look good and fill, fill the potholes and have one federal government that runs the rest of things, um, that runs health, education, and those, those, and law, those, those important things. Uh. Take us to what in Australia will be Melbourne Cup Day. Mm. That's when they hold the election in the United States. By the way, they have to have it on the same day every four That's years. That's true. The first Tuesday of November. And that that can't change. Mm. Uh, here, the this is why when Donald Trump's saying I might postpone the election, it's not up to him. The only people who can postpone a presidential election in the United States is Congress, and they never will. The, the other thing we should say is, in Australia, you have to vote or you get fined. Mm. In the United States, you don't have to vote. Mm. If you don't want to go out there because it's raining, cold, or whatever, you just don't go. Well, the, only, the only time I've ever voted in my life was when I voted for me. <laughs> I, I think compulsory voting is undemocratic. You have the right to vote, which is precious and should be supported amazingly, but you also have the right not to vote, uh, that your democratic right not to vote should be there. And the fact that you, and then the people say, Andrew Peacock used to argue with me about this, say, you don't have to vote, you just have to turn up. That's still the same thing. You've got to turn up and you shouldn't have to. I mean, in a democracy, you should be allowed to say, I don't like any of these people, I'm not voting for any of them. And or I feel my vote is so precious, I'll go there, rain, hail or shine, 
and cast my vote. So in the US, a lot of the effort goes into making people turn up because mm. that's what decides the election. Well, that's what happened the last time that the people thought Hillary was going to win and they just didn't turn up. Now, in Britain, of course, they do a massive thing to get the vote out there. They wear their big rosettes and and, and send cars to pick people up and take them to the voting centre. But why is Australia the only Western country where voting is compulsory? It's not in the US, it's not in Canada, it's not even in Britain on which we base our Westminster system of government. It's not even there. It's not New Zealand, and yet in New Zealand they get something like a 90% turnout for the vote. The problem you have, though, is, for example, in the United States, is that, uh, that maybe 60% of the population votes. So the winner might get 30% of that. So he's running the country, controlling the country, 100% of people with 30% of the actual total vote of the population. Mm. Uh, do you see a problem with that? Well, you have a democratic right to vote or not vote. Um, Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than, than uh, Donald Trump. He denied it. Um, but on that complex system there where you know, so many electoral college votes per state, uh, he won more states. Um, the interesting thing is now the states he won, like Wisconsin and Ohio and things like states like that, the figures I saw recently showed that Biden is now five and ten percent ahead of Trump in those vital um, hinge, hinge states. You know, um, that's why I think that Biden will win. But as we started off with this interview, um, we didn't see it coming in 2016, and it could still happen again. It's fascinating, this electoral college system that mm. they use in the United States. As you said, every state has got a certain number of uh, votes. I think 270 is where the presidency is that's decided. Right. Uh, so that's more than half or half. Uh, so, for example, a state like California, because of its population... It has like 40 40, seat, 40 votes. And because of the time zone, you know, uh, two or three hours difference from the East Coast to the West Coast, it's just fascinating as, as the night evolves yeah. when they count the votes as to the Electoral College votes coming in and the presidency being decided at 270 and it gets to a certain point and then, you know, the CNN will say, we project that so-and-so has won the... Win. Uh, yeah, and that may affect your vote or say, oh, I won't bother voting because he's already, he's already done it, you know. Uh, look, California has two senators with, with a population of 40 million. Rhode Island has two senators with a population of zilch. Uh, I've always thought it was wrong in Australia in the, because our House of Reps was built on the Westminster system, our Senate was built on the American system. I think it is wrong that 400,000 people in Tasmania have 12 senators and 6.3 million people in Victoria have 12 senators. Doesn't That, that to me, that's not democratic. Well, that, that would be called a gerrymander. Yeah, well, I mean, there are maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's 500,000 people now in Tasmania. But I know of a guy who moved from Melbourne to Tasmania to become a senator because he could. 
Well, Jackie Lambie, who's a senator mm. in Tasmania, how many votes does she get to be a uh, senator? Do you have any idea? I mean, I, I how guess, many votes do you need to I, be a I senator? Guess about, I guess about 30,000. Where in Victoria you need about 300,000? Well, who was the old guy that was from Tasmania who uh, had the balance of power Oh, there? yes. Yeah, and thank God I've forgotten his he, name. He was a Catholic. He had about yes, eight he, or nine he, he's children. A, he's a Catholic with, with nine children, some some from a previous marriage. Uh, fielding? Uh, no. Uh, anyway, I'll get it. Um, he um, So he, he could control. He held the balance of power. I mean, he stopped, he stopped the, the abortion pill for years, you know, uh, now you, now you, um, I'll have to go away and think. Yeah, I, 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 on, off the top of my head, I can't. Fielding remember. was a Victorian family first man. I think. Yeah, well, there was an Albert Field yeah. who, uh, who who came from Queensland when Gough Whitlam tried to uh, replace Vince Gear, if you mm. remember, in 1974. Darren, let's get back to the U.S. election. No. Uh, you were wrong in 2016, but I'm going to give you another chance no, this no. time. Uh, what do you think the result will be? I, I think I think Biden will well will, will win, and I think he'll win surprisingly well. I because out there, out there, um, what will hurt him are the, the the current riots and the lawlessness of the Black Lives Matter movement because it sounds like anarchy, and uh, that will hurt him a bit. But I mean, you've got Trump talking about law and order. When six or seven or eight or nine of his own people have been convicted, uh, so if he says a Biden soft on law and order, my God, his own people haven't, haven't been doing that well. Um, but I think, I think Biden will win it. I think, and in the end, it won't be the economy because Trump did quite well on the economy. I think it will be uh, on COVID nineteen that um, the way Trump mishandled it early on. Uh, and the way he caught the China virus, and you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's still there's probably 20, 30 million people out there who still vote for him. You know, uh, that's that's for sure. But I just think Biden, despite his age, I think will get over the line. And uh, the next question will be: uh, If Trump does lose, will he go quietly? Because he's talking about yeah, yeah. Look, that's that's, that's bullshit. I mean. Of course, you'll go quietly. The, 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 the system works this way: that if he didn't go quietly, he'd be escorted out of the White House by federal police. I mean, there is a transition period, and by January 20, 2021, if, if Trump loses, he'll be out of the White House, and he could be criminally charged. That's a possibility. We won't be here, Darren, but in fifty years' time, when they look back on Donald Trump as we've been looking back on, say, John F. Kennedy, what do you think they will say about? DJ Trump. They will say, what the fuck did we do?